There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me here today on WCN-TV. I'm Pastor Mike. You're going to enjoy this conversation. It's uh, on a subject that, well, my firm belief is that until Jesus comes back, we're going to continue to talk about this in, in America. And that subject is abortion. I've got with me today author Angel Murchison. The book is Secret Shame, Overcoming Pain and Brokenness After an Abortion. And that's one of the things that doesn't receive enough conversation, I believe, is uh, what happens in a woman's life after she undergoes an abortion. From the back of of Angel's book, I'm reading, shame is a five-letter word that can drive anyone to the end of their rope but God can provide a double portion of love and understanding for anyone looking to move beyond. By leaning on the promises of God that are free and available to all, Angel confirms it is possible to heal from the burdens of shame, trauma, self-loathing, and self-condemnation that appear after an abortion. So she just named several of them that happen, that come into a woman's life that aren't discussed enough. Angel, I'm so glad you could join us today on WCN-TV. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're, you're welcome. I enjoyed reading your book. It really was, uh, um, well, it was a page turner. I'll say that. You, you shared your life, essentially, uh, being born one of 14 children. You don't see that too much today. No. And it just proves that every life is a gift from God. Uh, being the 14th birth to my parents, um, I grew up in a very poor family and my mom died when I was eight and my dad struggled with alcoholism and I never felt wanted. And it was later um, that after I uh, gave my heart to Jesus Christ and asked him to you know, why was I born? I don't think I was wanted. He taught me through his word in the book of Jeremiah that he had a plan for my life. And the doors 
that he opens for for me and for every person you know the bible tells us man makes their plans but god orders our footsteps and yes. the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the lord i found that to be so true uh, dr mike it is incredible um i want women to know the truth and again god's word tells us in john 8 36 whom the sun sets free is free indeed and I had an abortion. I got pregnant at the age of 15. And um, it was just buried, buried deep. And I had went to a church service one Friday evening. And this couple from Canada had come and they were ministering to a very small group. It was just a few people that were in attendance that night. And they began to sing a song about a little soul in heaven. And when they began to sing that song, I began to weep. Now, I didn't plan on telling anybody. I didn't plan on anything. But I could barely keep it together until I got home that night. When I got home, I got on my knees beside my bed. I wrestled with just, oh, I just felt this enormous uh, pain inside and guilt and uh, shame. And, you know, it's a, it's a, pain that you wouldn't want anyone to experience um, in the physical having it done, but also emotional. And um, so I began to, I knew that as I was journeying with the Lord at the time, I, I had enough knowledge to know that he had brought what was done in the dark to the light and he wanted to, to heal it. And he told me, he said, I want you to call this lady, he gave me her name and he tell her that you had an abortion. Well, I wrestled with that because I said, I don't want to tell anybody, let alone tell this woman. And, um, but I did. And she shared with me that she'd had an abortion too. Um, one out of three women have had an abortion. And I began to see a pattern. Um, I would be traveling somewhere. Um, the woman on the plane would say to me, I don't know why I would ever tell you this, but I've had an abortion. Um, at a writer's conference, uh, a woman said to one of the other uh, people in attendance, tell that woman to write a book and call it No Mummy, Don't Do It. Um, so there is a lot of aftermath after an abortion that we don't hear about. We hear it's just a blob of tissue. And then, um, but there is long-term effects. Um, yes, Jesus can heal. Um, he does heal. He said in his word in Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word and he healed us. And so we can be sure that he will heal us. But there is consequences to that choice, that decision. You know, I will never hold my son on this side of heaven. I'll never celebrate. Um his life. Uh, I don't know what he looks like. Those are all things that um, was quickly decided uh, that it, it took the life of my, my son. I named him Jeremiah. And in the book, I have to say that the book is written from a heart of love. It's not written harshly at all. Um, I needed to know the love of a father and I got to know Jesus as my father, my friend. 
And actually, that's how the book was started, was Journey with Jesus. And it was my father, my friend. And he began to heal different parts of my life. Um, I especially love how he doesn't he doesn't take a long time and drag it all out and and bring condemnation to us and make us feel horrible he just says there is now therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus but the biggest problem that we have is to believe it um it's one thing to read it but it's another thing to believe it and i can remember um two of my children they were um, young and I love Joyce Myers. I was watching Joyce Myers and she was saying, you are the righteous of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I had to study that. I had to walk every day saying, I am the righteous of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And it took me time to believe that it wasn't just an instant um, you know, you read it and you believe it. But once you got to believe God's word, there's nothing that um, that he won't do for us. Um, and so I'm thankful for his grace today. I can say that um, because of his mercy and his grace that he extended to me. Um, I wrote the book uh, with a short study at the end so that women um, can be set free. Um, it's a simple, um, but it's profound. And the women that have done it have had encounters with Jesus that were supernatural. Um, the first one says, day one, I am hurt. You know, you have to open up your heart and you have to expose the hurt um, so that it can be healed. Um, the day two is a grieving process, and there's an opportunity to name your child. And so a woman could do this study um, at their own pace. And for women that have had, I, at the writer's conference, the woman that had said, um, please write that book, no, mommy, don't do it. Um, she had had three abortions, and her friend had 12 abortions. So... Um, some women might use this same study and do do it five times if she's had five abortions. Um, but it's to bring healing to the women and not condemnation. And then a, a remembrance, a day of remembrance. I wanted something to remember my son by. And some people plant a tree. Some people do something in the property that they're living in. But I knew for me I wasn't going to be staying there. And so I'd ask God, I, I, I'm so thankful that we have a loving father. And I said, God, I want a remembrance of my son. And I walked into the Christian store and there was a little precious moment boy standing behind a mic. Mm. And, you know, that, that sits in my china closet as a remembrance of my son, Jeremiah. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I really, reading through the book, Angel, I, I came to an understanding um, that uh, 
human beings have a, a unique ability to suppress things that um, are painful, grievous. Uh, you use the word shame in, in the book several times. Um, but when the Lord brings those back to the surface, he in your case, and I'm sure this is this is the case in in many others, especially believing women. Uh, when he brings this back to the surface and and says that it's time to to deal with this, his timing is perfect. Um, it's because he's right there with you and and ready to enable you to get get through the the, the grieving process. It's is is it. Is it something that, um, in your experience, talking to women who have uh, undergone an abortion, is it your experience that there typically is is little to no grieving process? They just try to get on with their lives, but that mm -hmm. comes back at a later time? It does. Um, I was uh, doing an interview in a town well, in Bangor, we had talked about Bangor, Maine. So I was going to do an interview on a radio for a Healing Waters conference I was doing. And there was a little mix up on the days and times. And so we had to have it at a later date. And I'd really wanted to go to a prayer meeting in our, in our uh, capital in Augusta, Maine. And he scheduled it for the same day, which would mean I wouldn't be able to go to that prayer meeting. And so I said, okay, I'm just going to trust God to work all of this out. Well, he called back to say, um, or he texted to say, can we change the time? I'm going to take a busload of, of people to this prayer um, at the Capitol. And I was like, oh, I want to go. <laughs> can I join your bus? And he said, yes. And so I had this neat idea. Let's invite all the women to the conference. And so I asked permission if I could do that. And he said, sure. And so I invited all the women and this 78 year old lady, I think was, was her age. As she got off, she, she passed me this handwritten note and said, today you passed me a lifeline. Just last night I cried out to God and said, am I going to have to take this um, to heaven with me? And will you heal me there? Or will you heal me on this side of heaven? And I still have that note. I, um, it just made me see how I thought that we sort of messed up that first appointment. And, um, but God had a different plan. He, he wanted that woman um, to touch the hem of his garment. And so um, that's why we have done the Healing Waters Conferences. Um, we don't. I couldn't heal anyone, but I know who can. Mm. And so that's what I love to do is to bring women to those healing waters of Jesus Christ. Mm. And only they can drink for themselves. They have to choose mm. to study the Bible, to study that um, Bible study. But through that, they will be set free. Um, I've had so many women tell me, at different conferences that we had and there would be one for post-abortive women or there'd be one that something that would dealt with maybe a sexual trauma or something different 
And so many women would come to me and say, I really wanted to be in your class. I really wanted to come to your um, meeting, but I really didn't want anyone to know. And if I would have chose your meeting, people would have known I've had an abortion. So I know that a lot of women um, want to keep it a secret, mm -hmm. um, but there is healing. Um, the Bible tells us to confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. And there's a safe person. I do the Healing Waters Women's Ministry. Um, if women want to contact me, I could help them. Or God might just ask you to find a friend and do the study with. Um, one thing I know about God is he says, my sheep know and hear my voice. I'm all the time just saying, God, will you set this up? Would you just set this up? And he just does. He leads us to that safe person or to the person that would, would be able to help um, an individual that would be struggling with that secret. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You've, you've been that person for, uh, for many women, Angel. I, I enjoyed the stories, the little anecdotes that you shared throughout your book. Um, and again, friends, I am, I am speaking with author Angel Murchison. The, the book is Secret Shame, Overcoming Pain and Brokenness After an Abortion. Producer has it up there on the screen. Thank you for that. Um, I particularly liked the, the story that you told about um, the, the uh, airplane situation and, and just barely getting on an airplane. And, and, and I think you said that you actually uh, had the seat of a friend and out of the blue, <laughs> a lady said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but, and proceeded to share her story. Tell us about that. Well, you know, I, they held the plane actually, because the, the, the plane um, that was flying out of New Mexico was late and um, at takeoff. And so they held the plane for us in Cincinnati and um, she my friend had taken uh, my seat and so I ended up sitting in her seat and the lady beside me, she just began to talk and talk about her faith and um, just about, you know, her um, professional life. And then she just started opening up and telling me that she had had an abortion and she had no idea why she would tell me that. Mm -hmm. And you know, that happens frequently to me. I was walking into a building. I went to work one day and my boss had asked me if I would work in a different town the next day. And so I said I would. And um, I was walking in the building and this other lady was walking in at the same time. And I had spilled coffee on my jacket. And so she offered me a, a shout wipe. And as I was wiping my jacket we just chatted a little bit and um she was working in that building the same day and then she had contacted me and said you know could we have lunch and then could we meet after work and um and she began to share her stories and abortion is very common like i said one out of three women um today and when I get in small groups and I think, you know, one out of three women, that means there's so many women in this small group today that is suffering in silence. 
and sure enough, you know, somebody will usually tell me um, that they've experienced that. And I'm thankful for it because I, I think that God is saying, I can trust you. Um, I know that you can keep that. Um, I don't bring condemnation to them because I know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bring the love of Jesus Christ to them. And so um, in my book, I shared about, I had two sisters that were, um, they were born with special needs. I had one sister that had a rare bone disease and I had another sister that was um, intellectually disabled and she didn't have a voice. And I love this story. This is my favorite story and I tell everybody. Um, Being very poor, we had donated gifts for Christmas and this particular year we had, my uncle had bought me a radio, a round radio. And I loved that radio, it was from Radio Shack, I believe. And my sister wanted it and um, she didn't have a voice so she couldn't speak. And um, she's with Jesus now, but we used to call her Hooky because um, we'd get a hook okay if we didn't understand what she wanted. You know, she was, um, she was little but she was powerful Mm -hmm. and so i gave her the radio and years ago i was talking to god about it i said you know god it was tough um she was tough remember that radio i loved that radio and she wanted the radio and it was just like i was talking to you um dr mike i felt like the holy spirit said to me didn't i give that back to you you're on the radio all over the world (laughs) That's right. That's right. Amen. You know, the Lord uh, obviously uses you uh, a lot, Angel. Uh, in in, uh, and I think He particularly likes uh, certainly using you. Uh, other people, I've had similar things happen, but I like this the story that you tell in in your book about uh, going out to eat with your family to to a restaurant and. And uh, not getting real good service um, from the same waitress, not once, but twice. And um, But instead of doing what most Americans would probably do, which was voice their disapproval, you chalked it up to, we'll be fine. And there was a reason for that. The Lord had held your tongue because... He had something in store he was going to bless. So share with share with our viewers that story. Well, my my children, I loved Joyce Myers. I still love Joyce Myers. And I was watching her on television and and um, she was talking about the favor of God. And when you when you're going out to eat or, you know, just thank the Lord for the favor and. So I remember we're standing by the door in our kitchen and I said, oh, let's pray this prayer. You know, I was just learning. I was just like grasping everything. And um, so we thanked the God for favor. We went to the restaurant and I still can see the waitress and she didn't look very pretty and she didn't smell too pretty either. But um, and she would take her hand and wipe her mouth. And I was like, oh, but. Anyway, we we made it through it and tipped her and left. And um, the next t- time, um, sh- we 
prayed the same prayer and she had her thumb in one of the one of the mashed potatoes i have such a weak stomach <laughs> um so i just remember thinking about that on the way home but once again we had tipped her appropriately and and laughed and my kids they were you know kids they're just ragged on their mom they're like oh mom see oh all your prayers those really work oh look at that you know <laughs> and then um a lady had called to say could you meet with me and um she had picked up this lady that was going to jump off of a bridge and take her life and i went to go meet them and it was that waitress Mm. and that was a big lesson um for me i try to treat everybody well and kind um we've never walked in another person's shoes and as i shared in my book one of the greatest things that that is missing i, I feel is the love um the love of christ and it defies all of our desires and wants and um but love is the greatest gift and i believe that i just really believe that god is asking us to go the extra mile to love and to um share his love we could have complained on her we could have probably even gotten her fired but that wouldn't be the heart of god would it no no not yeah. at all yeah one of the uh many things that that christians need to be aware of and work on daily is our our habit of presuming and assuming that that we know things and um the fact of the matter is that we know very little especially when it comes to other people. Um, what, what, what you said about um, not walking in someone else's shoes, my, my wife, Kathy, she is such an angel, reminds me of that often. She says, you know, somebody's in, in, in relation to someone who has acted a certain way or said a certain thing, but we don't really know what's going on in their life. We don't really know what has inspired them or or motivated them to do that or to say that. And so it's a good thing for us just to tap the brakes. Don't rush to judgment. Don't assume that we know because the truth is we don't know. And instead of condemning, how about we pray for them? We're, we're commanded to do that, aren't we? Pray, pray for those that um, come across our path that are struggling, pray for our enemies even. Pray, pray for our enemies. That should give us pause right there. Um, and I see that throughout your book that you're you're quick to pray and and very slow, hesitant, in fact, to condemn. Well, because I needed God's mercy and grace on my own life. Mm -hmm. You know, when you've been forgiven much, you can forgive much. Amen. And you know, I saw my abortion for what it was and i know the pain that i felt mm -hmm. and i know as i cried out to god um, what he did and so every life has value so i like to try to even 
people that I meet, I try to see the greatness that God has placed in them. I like to see the gift. I'm always excited when I can help someone find the gift that God placed within them because it is, um, it's exciting to know that you were created with purpose. And so I love to do vision boards with women and different people to um, help them discover what they um, what they like. Um, I was doing some ministry um, with some homeless folks, and you know um, we can be very judgmental of you know somebody that might be homeless. But I went to LA on the streets of LA and done some street ministry with a Dream Center, um, Matthew Barnett. And it was, you know, an accountant one day, real estate, husband, real estate. Um, things changed very quickly. They were living in a car with a baby. I interviewed them on my radio program, Destiny Moments. And um, so they took the family in and worked with them and helped them discover their gift and she was uh, she didn't really want to be an accountant she'd only went because her parents wanted her to but they helped find the gift inside of her and um, she travels the world she's a designer um, she designs clothing is in magazines um, you know when you journey life with Jesus Christ it's exciting he said that he has come to give us life and life more abundantly and he's true to his word Amen. Amen. And, and the Lord has certainly blessed you. Uh, Angel, you have three grown daughters now and how many grandchildren? I have um, eight grandchildren. I have seven <laughs> and a bonus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm blessed with, with grandchildren. And, you know, I think that's the greatest the greatest gift is to see your children and grandchildren serving God. So Amen. Amen. Um, I'm a woman of prayer and believing that they're all going to be used in ministry with me someday. Yes. Yes. Well, so let's transition then into your book. Hello, beautiful people, um, because that ties into um, the story that you tell in your book about Ethel on the radio um, which had me laughing, by the way, I have to admit, I was, I was picturing what that might look like and, and how you would be dodging and, and, and ducking out of the way. But, but the Lord did, did, uh, give that back to you. You, you are on the radio. Um, mm -hmm. you have a, you have a, a wonderful program, um, telling very inspirational stories, uh, from people's lives. And, and I think, it would be nice to have more of that on the radio than some of the stuff that's on there today. So, so what are some of your favorite uh, stories that, that you've been able to share with your listeners? Well, I love um, that I get to journey with Jesus every day. I was thinking um, when we were starting the program, I used to walk every morning and I would walk um, up, up, um, a hill and down the other side and it was about two and a half miles and at that time I was driving a lady that had no vehicle and she was struggling with homelessness as well so I was driving her to work in the mornings and 
So I had I was up early that morning, drove her to work, and went for my walk. Coming down the hill, I saw I, this little sandal, and you know my heart pounded, and I didn't pick it up. I just kept walking, and then I I got home. I went to pick her up, and I said I'm going to go back and pick up that sandal. I said there was a sandal when I was walking down the hill. And it just made my heart pound. It was the cutest little orange sandal. Oh, she said, you know what? Um, my friend that, that uh, lives at the shelter, that's her son's sandal. She lost it yesterday. Mm. And um, that was such a, I don't know. It's just like God knows all those little details, you know, of, of life. Mm. And so that was, that was one of my, I love that little story. Mm. And you know, I was in Jerusalem, in Israel, and we were having dinner one night, and um, I was with a Glow International uh, on a prayer. It was a prayer journey. And this woman came up to our table and said, I heard you're from Maine. You wouldn't, um, have, have you ever heard or know anything about Arusta County? And that's the county that I live in. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just, the world is very small. You know, it's the footstool, right? Um, we think that it's, and it is, it's, it's vast and big, but really um, it, it just goes to show you how God, um, you know, he brings his people together. Um, so that was another favorite story. Uh, my, I'd love to see people be healed. Um, I don't have all the answers of why they're not. Not everyone is, but I'd love to see God's people physically healed. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to um, be part of that and see uh, miracles happen, even in my own family. Mm -hmm. And um, well, yeah. you tell the story. You tell the story, Angel, in your book. Um, of being healed uh, first from um, anxiety, I'll call it anxiety. Some people would call it panic attacks, uh, anxiety. Yeah. And then another time um, uh, from fear of police. Now there were, there were root causes there though, right? Right. Um, I had no idea. Like I said, my mom had died when I was eight, but every time that I would get sick, like a flu or I would, I would hyperventilate, you know, it was embarrassing, really. I'd have to breathe in a brown paper bag. I'd go to emergency. Um, I was embarrassed, but that was reality. But I had a relationship with Jesus Christ at this point. And so I, I asked my sister, I said, do you have any idea why this happens to me? And she said, no, no. Um, and... So I, I asked God, I said, can you tell me why this happens to me? I, I don't like this. <laughs> um, and I had a quick memory of when my mother was sick. She would pass out and the ambulance came and took her and they never brought her home. And I was just a little girl and I was eight and, you know, I wasn't part of the grieving or going to the funeral. My my family did the very best they could for me. Um, they done well by me 
and um, they I don't bring any any uh, bad feelings or say they could have handled it different that they did the very best but I needed to process that and so when God gave me that memory I said you know if I ever um, get sick and die I go to be with Jesus and that's what I live my life for I'm a Christian so you know the fear of death it left just like that I have never that's never happened to me again um, from that time forward and I was afraid of police mm -hmm. now I was working um, at a local housing authority I was dealing with the police and detectives I mean I was an adult and scared of police but when God showed me the root of that um, I was able to um, you know identify it and my sister and I were walking at that time and I would ask her I'd say do you know why I do this or why I'm scared of this or and she'd say no no I almost think she would take the Fifth Amendment anyway <laughs> not really but um, she um, she'd say no but God would be faithful to show me and then he would heal it um, so I'd like to say you know the Bible says to pray believe and receive so we can we can talk to God um, and pray and ask him and he's faithful and he will um, reveal it and then he heals it because that's what his word tells us yes amen amen so they're uh, on the screen I believe uh, producer showing the books that are available um, and the website is fggam.org, Angel? That's the website that I write for. I write okay. for God's Glory Alone Ministries. Mm -hmm. But the personal website, if you wanted to order the books personally for my website, yeah. would be um, www.goodmorningbeautifulpeople.net. Um, the books are available on Amazon every you know any place that books are sold but my personal website if you'd like to or you want more information about the healing waters women's conferences healing waters women's ministry you could contact um, the, uh, this website www.goodmorningbeautifulpeople.net and uh, just curious Angel do you travel other places for these women's ministries so if someone was to contact you and say hey We'd like for you to come to uh, Ohio and and do a do a conference. Are, do you do that? Yep, we would certainly um, begin to pray about that and put the pieces together. I believe that um, you know God sets all those up, and there's women all over this globe that needs healing. We have been invited to India. Um, we've done several of the conferences in Maine and also in Canada so um and i'm available by zoom and if somebody wanted to contact um, the healing waters ministry then we certainly can do one-on-one -on -one as they do their bible study um, or if they sometimes they just maybe they don't have that safe person um, i've met a lot of people uh, recently that don't have family um, whether it's been estranged or they're
they just don't have anyone. Um, and so I am a safe person and they'd be um, more than welcome to contact me through the Healing Waters Women's Ministry. Which brings me to another little story in my Good Morning Beautiful People book. Um, it was about go find your Alice. And you know, there's Alice's all over the world that um, are hurting. And this particular person, um, she lived by some Christian folks and they didn't really treat her well. But I remember putting her name in a basket at church for a food basket. And everybody wanted her to lose her apartment because um, she, well, she struggled. And um, so I, I helped her as much as I could. One particular day, um, I had got a call that, that um, she was quite sick and nobody to take her to the hospital. And I can remember bowing my head and she wouldn't go by ambulance and praying and asking God to, to meet that need. And someone right out of the blue came and said, well, you know what, I'm a relative, but I never really owned, owned it up to that. And, you know, as we prayed for her, my daughter and I had taken her Christmas gifts and just the basic necessities of life, a pillow. Um, she slept on a mattress on the floor. Um, you know, I, like I said earlier in the interview, we never know what someone else has walked through, the pain that's buried. Um, and when she actually shared some of her story with me, I was beyond, beyond shocked. I, I never knew any human being to ever survive such things. So, you know, I think that if our churches were hospitals and we had lots of love, appreciation for one another, uh, we would see, and I'm believing for, um, a great awakening, which I believe has already started in America. Um, yeah. Yeah. There are so many folks, uh, the story of Alice in, in, in your book, um, really highlights the truth that there are so many people that are for all intents and purposes uh, angel they they are invisible to the rest of the world there there may be maybe in some cases a small handful of people that that know of the situation but they're not doing anything they're not proactive and helping in any way so so that's certainly a very encouraging reminder that uh, folks that are in need of help in need of the love of christ they're all over and and when we become aware of them then uh, we need to pray about putting a plan in place to pour into their lives now uh, that that comes of course with with trying to understand the situation and uh what what uh, borders or boundaries there might be but nevertheless uh, the point is from from your book we should take the time that we have uh, when we discover those people and represent Christ well to them because the story of Alice in your book didn't didn't end well did it you know she she passed and all of her belongings went into a dumpster and I remember 
um, I didn't feel confident at the time to lead her to Jesus. But I discovered that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he gives you the words to say. And he looks at the heart. You know, even if you got a word or two mixed up, Jesus looks at the heart. You know, we have lots of formulas and we have lots of, you know, you got to do it this way and that way. And, you know, I just, I feel like I remember going to a class and we had all these steps and I went home that night and I said, God, listen, I want to do this kind of work, but I don't think I can remember all that. I'm trying with everything I have, but I don't think I can remember all of that. And I, what is wrong? And <laughs> You know what? He set me free from that. Um, he said, I put the words in your mouth. I will be. Um, and you don't have to do it perfectly. Um, he looks at the heart. And so I believe that we should study and show ourselves approved and and do the best that we can. But maybe because I started out my prayer life um, I started out really praying for a woman that her daughter was pregnant and she was crying. She was feeling sad about it. And, you know, her daughter wasn't married and I was so mixed up. I, it was the first time I prayed out loud and I had got it so mixed up and I had them all in heaven. And but nobody said anything that night. We went out to eat um, at a, different restaurant that Friday night and um, a gentleman that was at that prayer meeting he said across the salad bar he said hey I heard you prayed out loud for the first time um, Wednesday night and he was right I did and it was all mixed up but from there it's all been uphill <laughs> you know God just shows me he he looks at the heart he really does yeah that, that is so true I know there have been times, uh, Angel, when um, I didn't really know what to say to someone, but but the Lord used what I said, and and after the fact, uh, someone said, "Wow, that was that was really powerful what you said." And I said, "Well, what was that?" And they repeated it back, and and I and I had to confess, I don't even remember saying that. That's how the Lord works. Sometimes we think we have to come up with the, with the words and the perfect thing to say. And it's like, no, we just have to have a heart that's willing to be used by the Lord in that situation and leave the rest to him. I'm, I'm reminded that <laughs> Jesus told Paul the same thing. He said, listen, you're going to go here, here and here, and you're going to talk to these people. And uh, you don't need to worry about what to say when the, that time comes, because I'm going to give you everything you need to say. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I see uh, sometimes in in uh, in our gatherings and our services, I'll call on. Uh, we are a praying congregation, and what that means is we have a dedicated time of prayer every time we get together. And um, there's is there's no set limit or set time. It could go for ten minutes. It could go for an hour. We we will pray, and. Uh, of course, sometimes that leaves me short on teaching time, but that's okay. That's it's we're there for the Lord. So, um, but I can tell you when I call on someone to pray who's never prayed publicly before, <laughs> I always get the same look from people, and that's the deer in the headlights. You know, like what did you say me? Did you ask me to pray? Well, I can tell you, friends, 
after you bust through that barrier for the first time, you're going to be set free. <laughs> You'll be able to pray after that. Don't worry about how clumsy it might sound or I don't know the right words to use. It's really just worth thanking the Father. So, so I appreciate that story, Angel. <laughs> Amen. That's so true. You yep. know, God is, um, I don't know, I thought every time I messed up that I was in big, big trouble. Mm. And I, I just had a wrong understanding of who my Heavenly Father was. And I'm thankful. That was one of the first writings I ever penned was the love of my father. And that's what the world needs. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So th thank you for that, producer. <laughs> he reminded me, he said, hey, Moses tried that too, remember? He said, oh, I don't, I don't talk very well. <laughs> the Lord didn't, use, didn't accept that either. <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, Angel, it's been a, it's been a pleasure and a blessing speaking with you and about your life, your book, Secret Shame. Uh, Good Morning, Beautiful People. That sounds like a, a wonderful book. You can get those, by the way, folks, at uh, Angel's website, goodmorningbeautifulpeople.net.net. <laughs> .net. Pick those books up there. And uh, there's a contact button there. If you've joined us today, you appreciate Angel's testimony and, and what the Lord has and is doing through her, drop her a note there on the contact and let her know that you you heard her on WCN TV. I'm sure that would bless her. Well, that's all we've got for, for today, friends. And Angel, again, thank you so much for joining me. Brother thank Mark? You. Yes. Brother, I would like to ask uh, uh, Angel how you access her radio broadcast, if I could, please. Oh, good question. Good question. Thank you for that. Um, the radio station is WFST. So it's um, www.familyradio.com, I believe. But the, the call numbers is WFST. It's located in Caribou, Maine by streaming audio on Saturdays at 12.05. It's Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison, where I interview real people with real issues and a real destiny. Thank you very much. Sounds very interesting and inspiring. Thank you. Amen. That's so, so there's another thing you can tune into and, and be encouraged. We get enough negativity in the world. Uh, how about we pour in some positive things to people, what God is doing in people's lives. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Angel. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today, friends. That's all we have. But please share this program uh, on your platforms and, and tell your friends. Come and be encouraged by Angel's testimony. We'll see you next time. God bless.